Hey, thanks for tuning in today and thank you for showing up and listening to the latest rendition of Notes from Minnesota. I am Beth Ann Erickson, your hostess with the mostest, and today I am sharing another really fun um, writing etc. issue. Uh, wow, I must be getting old or very, very tired. I can't believe I like stumbled on that word, but you know, being the professional that I am, I'm going to just keep moving along with my actual notes from Minnesota, which is something I'm really, really excited about. Um, you know, every now and again, I just have this incredible opportunity to work on what I call a passion project. Uh, this project is generally falls outside, you know, the Filbert Publishing, establishing publishing niches, but it's something that's really so near and dear to my heart, and it's just winds up being something that I can't quite put down. Uh, normally, Filbert Publishing, we do, you know, books that freelancers would find helpful, small business, mindset issue stuff. Or in, in the fiction world, we do like suspense and maybe a little romance novels. But this particular project, wow, it, it, it's like totally not anywhere near what we would normally do. But <clears throat> before you read on or listen anymore, you should probably know I'm going to discuss something deeply personal. If you get uncomfortable, like I often do, when it comes to discussing matters of faith, you may want to just kind of zip zip to the <laughs> to the main article. It's um, written by the magnificent, always Bob Bly. Uh, so consider yourself warned. This is your trigger warning if you don't like, you know, I don't either. But <clears throat> but anyway, the point of all this is lately I've been kind of chagrined to observe how the faith of my youth. It's transformed into something I don't really recognize anymore. You know, some of the deep truths that I have held precious have transformed into trite sound bites. And I see them all over the walls of like big box retail stores. Little tiny, you know, I, I suppose people buy them and hang them on their walls. I don't know. And, you know, complex biblical passages, they're cited without any context whatsoever. Um, many folks appear to be somewhat unaware of what the the Holy Bible actually says on various topics. So I figured, what is safer than jumping into that world? <laughs> I know I'm half crazy sometimes. But, but listen, this is really cool. Me and my fabulous Filbert Publishing team, we created what we call a consecrated journal. It's a small Bible, something you can carry in your hand or slip into your purse. It's not the whole thing. It's just a, like a couple books at a time. No commentary, absolutely no commentary whatsoever, super wide outside margins. It's a perfect place to journal as you're reading. You can doodle, you can study it without feeling like you're studying. And I, I really like that. I, I like to make, I like to untangle thorny and difficult texts and just make them so fun and awesome. Um, the first one in this series is Genesis and Exodus. It is done. Number two, which is Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy is ready to go very soon. So if you are a person of faith and if you like to doodle and if you like Bible studies, I think you might find this poignant series kind of cool. And then to be even cooler, yep, I made a video and it's a cool video. Um, I probably won't mention this project a whole lot on the podcast, but I wanted to kind of make you aware of it because I'm really pleased. It's beautiful. How, and I love how this is unfolding. I, we've been giving away copies locally and people are, they're, they're kind of surprised and they really like it. 
So I figured it was worth a mention. Um, you can peruse the beautiful this beautiful volume at consecratedjournal.com and be sure to look at my one minute video. However, ignore my messy desk. I just whipped it up one morning. I have got the classiest paperweight in the world holding things down. It's got the word truck on it. I mean, really. Uh, there's a strange black square floating in the beginning because I had a credit card laying next to the book. And as my uh, web guru was looking at it, he's like, maybe we should cover that up. So we did. Um, so I, I definitely need to work on my video making game, but it was a fun project. Consecratedjournal.com. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Ah, let's move on to Bob's beautiful article. 25 Secrets of Online Marketing Success. Yeah, I told you this would be awesome once we got past the stuff that like wasn't all, you know, freelance related. Uh, this is a, just a list and it's really cool. And I, I love Bob because he just cuts straight to the quick, straight to the marrow, straight through the bone. And so here we go. You want 25 secrets of online marketing success? You got them. Number one, be yourself. Don't pretend to be someone or something you're not. Your uniqueness is, it'll appeal to the certain segment of the market. It's the only thing that you cannot replicate. Uh oh, Beth is editorializing. Oh, well. Um, the folks who like you for who you are will become your best fans and customers too. Follow your passion, doing what you love. Eee, doesn't necessarily guarantee financial success, but not doing what you love guarantees a life of boredom and unhappiness. The trick is to find a niche where your passions and interests intersect with the needs of the market. Number three, learn a financially valuable skill so you can command a decent salary or if you are self-employed, a respectable fee. Number four, those workers and service providers who command top dollar either A, perform a service that makes or saves their employer or client money or time, or B, have a skill for which the demand exceeds the supply, or C, specialize in a narrow niche with little competition. Take note of that, book writers. Take note of that. Number four, read that one a couple times. Number five, if you can earn a salary or generate a net income as a self-employed service professional or independent contractor of 200000 a year uh, or more, you won't get rich, but your life will be easier and you'll be financially more secure than 95% of all Americans. Number six, given the choice, have your children when you're young and possess the energy it takes to be uh, to parent active youngsters. That's true. Seven, spend as much time as you can with your children when they're young and still want you, even if you must make sacrifices in your professional achievements to do so. This time passes really, really fast. And once it's gone, it's gone for good. Number eight, strive to achieve a liquid net worth of at least two million by age 50. You won't be rich, but again, you'll have more financial security than about 95% of all Americans. <clears throat> and if you want to work on that, I've got some ideas. Read the ad in today's writing, etc. <clears throat> Number nine, the best piece of financial advice I ever got was from Florida freelance writer David Cohen, who told me, live below your means. Doing so further enhances your financial security. And you know, Bob actually told me that once. <clears throat> Sorry for all the editorializing, but it's true. Um, 
It's so true. Number 10, with your wealth, avoid buying material possessions that are unnecessary, especially luxuries that depreciate in value over time. Use your money to buy income-producing assets, assets that appreciate in value, or services that are that free up your time for other activities. 11, <clears throat> avoid debt of any kind to the extent that you are able. I have zero consumer debt except for mortgages on investment properties, cars I buy for cash. If you have to get a loan or at least to drive a particular model, you can't afford it. Number 12, if you lend money to friends or family, do it with the expectation that money is really a gift rather than a loan and do not expect to ever get the money back. If you're repaid, even in part, consider it found money. 13, every day you wake up and everyone in your family is in good health and you have food on the table and a decent place to live, you are definitely ahead of the game. 14. When writers, internet marketers, and entrepreneurs brag to you about how much money they make, divide the figure they give by at least three. Oh, Bob didn't say at least, but I said that. As my colleague Fred Gleek is fond of pointing out, the only numbers you can really trust are your own. So true. 15. Always in your business, under-promise and over-deliver. Give your customers not their money's worth, but more than they have any right to expect. Err on the side of being too generous rather than being too rigid or strict. 16. Before criticizing a supplier or vendor, say something positive. What you like about the work first, the more insulted a vendor feels, the less motivated they are to serve you well. 17. Do not allow yourself to be belittled, insulted, or demeaned verbally or in writing by others. When someone makes a snide or degrading comment, your reply should be, what was your purpose in making that comment to me? It will stop them in their tracks and embarrass them, so maybe they won't do it to you again. 18. Do not give people unsolicited advice. 19. To paraphrase Dan Kennedy, guard your time like the gold in Fort Knox. You can always make more money, but time lost or wasted is gone forever. 20. As long as a business or a life decision does not involve risking the mortgage money, make it quickly. Successful people are able to make swift decisions and carry them out with speed. Number 21, the number one difference between successful people and those less successful is that successful people act on their ideas. Ideas are a dime of dozen, but without action, they're actually worthless. Number 22, do not think you must reinvent the wheel on every new product or business project. Most things have already been done before. All you need to do is add a twist or put your own spin on a product or service to create demand and make it profitable. Number 23. If you are successful, you can be arrogant and boastful, but why do it? Your bragging makes others who are less successful feel badly about themselves. What's the point of doing that? And don't refer to yourself as a genius or superstar in your marketing copy. If you were a genius, you wouldn't have to say it. Instead, others would be saying it for you and you could quote them. Number 24, focus on your work, on creating valuable products, giving great advice, going the extra mile rather than how much money you want to make. And lastly, start investing right away when you were young. Do this early enough and compounding can make you rich. Wait until you're 50 or 60 and you could find yourself in desperate straits and diversify. Put 10% of your wealth in an investment that moves in the opposite um, 
opposition to the stock market, such as precious metals. Um, this is an editor's note. You know, we absolutely love Bob Light, Filbert Publishing, and he has his Bob Light's Guide to Freelance Writing Success. You order it from us, and you get to have um, a, f a bonus CD with extra articles. It's really cool. Um, and uh, not too many copies of them left laying around, but uh, yeah, swing by Filbert Publishing, find Bob's book, and boom, there you got her. Uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. This is Beth Ann Erickson from Filbert Publishing, Queen Bee. Not a genius, though. Wish I were. <laughs> See, I read the article. I hope you have a fantastic day and take care.